Welcome to Episode 3 of the Gem State Podcast. My name is Brian Allman. There is a lot of outrage flying around conservative social media lately. Last week, Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan spoke via pre-recorded video to the young people gathered at AFPAC. The America First Political Action Conference began in 2020 as an alternative to CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, which has increasingly been dominated by moderates and establishment Republicans. However, Nick Fuentes, the organizer of AFPAC, has been accused by many corporate media outlets of racism and anti-Semitism. That same corporate media did not miss their chance to attack the outspoken McGeehan, accusing her of being racist and anti-Semitic by virtue of association. Remember Michelle Malkin speaking last month at an Ada County Republican dinner? She had been blacklisted by Airbnb because she had also spoken at Jared Taylor's American Renaissance Conference last year. I was proud of how the Republicans in the Treasure Valley defended her. I said at the time that we should not play the left's game of ritually disavowing anyone to our right. Yet now, some of those same Republicans have demanded that McGeehan herself be disavowed. Anyone speaking in defense of her appearance were quickly labeled as racists and anti-Semites themselves. McGeehan's gubernatorial opponent, Ed Humphreys, unfortunately decided to join the attack. Now, I endorsed Mr. Humphreys on this substack, and he is still my guy, but I disagree with this decision. Humphreys' biggest issue with AFPAC was apparently a clip where the attendees were cheering on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. For him, that was personal, as his family escaped Soviet oppression in the former Yugoslavia. While I respect that personal connection, I think it misses a lot of the historical context and geopolitical change that has occurred in the past 30 years. It is frustrating to see the same Republicans who will proudly say that being labeled as racist means that leftists cannot debate their ideas, will turn around and uncritically accept the same media narrative that people like Fuentes are racist. In the same way, it is frustrating that the same conservatives who recognize the mendacity of our media and political leaders regarding COVID and the 2020 election have suddenly started believing everything they say about the conflict in Ukraine. Our attention spans are simply far too short, and social media has only amplified that problem. We see a post on Facebook about how the evil Putin is bombing a children's hospital in Ukraine, and rather than spend time digging into the details to discern truth from falsehood or to understand historical contexts, it's just easier and more satisfying to write unbelievable in the comment box and move on. Who has the time to sit down and listen to Professor Mearsheimer's hour-long lecture on how the U.S. and NATO provoked this conflict? Who has the time to read a dozen articles about the motivations of Vladimir Putin or read some books about the history that led up to this moment? Who has time to try and figure out if what we're reading is true or propaganda? It's better just to outsource our thinking to trusted media outlets and move on with our lives, right? Our deep state bureaucracy, they turned against Russia in 2014 when they outlawed homosexual propaganda toward children. Did you know that? 
That was the same year that Russia seized the Crimean Peninsula in response to the American-backed Maidan coup in Ukraine. Did you know that? Since then, both left and right have decided that Vladimir Putin and Russia are the biggest villains in our current story. For older conservatives, whose memories of the Cold War are still fresh, this feels like going home again. Some of the rhetoric I've seen from the right this past week makes me wonder if the past 30 years just never happened. I see Republican governors banning the sale of Russian vodka in their states. International athletic organizations are banning Russian players, most of whom have publicly opposed the war. A Russian restaurant in Washington, D.C. was vandalized. In Czechia, someone was allegedly arrested for posting a message on social media supporting Russia. Republicans and Democrats alike wore Ukrainian flag pins to the State of the Union address this week. Pundits from both left and right have denounced Tucker Carlson as a traitor and a Russian stooge, merely for suggesting that the U.S. should not have to pick sides in this conflict. We wonder how we got to the point in the 1940s when Japanese Americans were interned in concentration camps in America. I don't think we need to wonder about that anymore. This rush to outrage happens fast, doesn't it? Just a week ago, we were all in solidarity with the Canadian truckers who were being unjustly persecuted by their government. Now, most of social media is clamoring for nuclear war with Russia. It's easier to just go with the flow, run with the mob, rather than stop and think. We must stop and think. The conservative movement needs to be thoughtful, resolute, and most importantly, slow to outrage. There are a lot of things to be angry about in the world today, but social media is designed to make you outraged at everything while keeping you from doing anything that actually matters. If you watched an edited clip of Nick Fuentes at AFPAC claiming that he's a racist and that he supports Russia, you might feel outrage in your heart. But are you willing to watch his entire speech and get the full context? The young people at AFPAC are deliberately edgy and offensive. You see, normal conservatives respond to accusations of racism with a reasoned discussion of why it's not true. Look how diverse our party is. Look at these pro-minority positions we support. We're not racist. On the other hand, someone like Fuentes will respond by saying, So? What of it? That goes back to what I wrote last week in my post on the generation gap. Younger conservatives don't have the same sacred cows as older generations. They just don't care about being called racist. They might make jokes about the Holocaust. They might even utter the dreaded N-word that scares so many Republicans. Why do they do it? It's precisely because it generates outrage. No different than young people in the 1950s watching Elvis on TV. You know, there was something else that was spoken at AFPAC last week. More than one speaker said the words, Christ is King. Can you imagine anyone saying that phrase at CPAC? Andrew Torba, the founder of alternative social media site Gab, said that he believes it's our duty as Christians and conservatives to build the foundations for a civilization that will last for seven generations. Do any of the speakers at CPAC have such a long-term worldview? Those who attended AFPAC, which includes Michelle Malkin, uh, Vincent James, and even Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, they have some views that you might consider extreme. For example, they say it's okay to be white. 
For some reason, that phrase has become incredibly controversial. Try to get an establishment Republican to say those words. Young conservatives look at the political landscape and find themselves forced to choose between CPAC, which is establishment, pro-gay, pro-trans, neutral at best toward Christianity, with more platitudes than solid plans, or AFPAC, countercultural, edgy, transgressive, but boldly saying what nobody else will say. Young people today see our military pushing LGBTQ nonsense, our State Department fomenting coups in foreign nations, while our own society and economy are falling apart, and they wonder what is it that's so great about this country. They are desperately looking for someone to tell them the truth, to show them a way to bring back whatever it was that made America great in the first place. This generation is deeply ironic, but they're also thirsty for authenticity. I think our goal as conservative activists should be to engage these young people, to bring them into the movement, not to expel them, to ostracize them, to push them away. We need their boldness, and we need their passion. The left does not expel their extremists. They use them. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar said that 9-11 was just some people doing something, and she is still in good standing with her party. Congresswoman Maxine Waters called for people to get in our faces and tell us we are not welcome in this country. She wasn't denounced by her own side. Vice President Kamala Harris promoted a bail fund to get BLM and Antifa thugs out of prison so they could get back to the streets, because she knew that their energy was pushing politics in her preferred direction. Thinking that we can convince the left to denounce their extremists because we have denounced Nick Fuentes is foolish. It is unilateral disarmament in the Cold Civil War. I would rather live in a world where the window of political discourse extended from Nick Fuentes on my right to Brad Little on my left, with me somewhere in the middle. Why should outright communists be considered part of our political process, but not our own right-wing radicals? Our movement needs the passion of young people like that. Otherwise, we just descend into petty debates over tax cuts, while ignoring the massive social and cultural issues that are forever altering our country. Social media outrage bait is not helpful for our discourse. Before you give in to the temptation to get angry or to denounce someone for not going along with the mob, take a deep breath. Do some reading. Get the full story. Then, if you still feel like you have something to say, say it. Make a measured argument. Conservatives should never be afraid of the truth, and neither should we fear vigorous debate. I've always said that iron sharpens iron. We must have strong debates within our own spheres in order to hone our ideas. I still believe that Ed Humphreys has the best and most concrete plan to fix our government in Idaho. However, I am proud of Lieutenant Governor McGeehan for not giving in to corporate media outrage over her video to AFPAC. Let's stop with the mindless outrage and instead have some serious discussions about what we can do to save this state and this country. Mm -hmm.